The nation, my dudes and dudettes. Hilo here bringing you another Exploring Extremes podcast. We'll be joined shortly by my co-host for this piece uh, in Pavel. Take a quick look at the slate first before we do that. We have only three games this week that are a 50-point total or higher. We have two that are sitting right below that at 49.5 with the Seattle and Green Bay game, as well as the Monday Night Football game, the Rams and the Niners. Then we have this one lonesome game sitting at a game total of 43, which actually has been bet around a bit already. Um, and that's in the, well, now it's down to 42 and a half. That's the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the Detroit Lions. Without further ado, let's bring in the man himself, Pablo. How you doing, brother? Great, man. How are you? Good, man. Well, I mean... I'm doing way better in best ball and betting than I am DFS this season, which is keeping me afloat, but we're hoping to reverse that trend here. Yeah. I mean, you've been a little cursed this season, (laughs) dude. You've seen it, right? Yeah, man. uh, (laughs) What is going on for you? (laughs) Yeah. It's like, uh, don't tell Heil who you're playing this week. (laughs) Yeah. Seriously, man. I was, uh, I was talking with Todd about it and um, it's like becoming comical. The amount of like weird juju that's going on with like the lineups and the rosters that I put in. And I haven't had a sweat on a main slate, but I've had three sweats in showdown already this year. So it's like, and I only play three lineups per showdown. So um, it's just funny. And when I say sweat and showdown, it's like the lineup finishes second place like the second best away from optimal, um, which like you go from like what anywhere from like 20 to 20,000 to a million, depending on if you're how many times you're duped to like 200 bucks. So it's like, come on, man. Um, but betting has been going actually fairly well. Um, just looking back at the, at the exploring streams podcast, what we do here. And then also the early line of inefficiencies piece. Um, I'm sitting at about 68%, uh, for win rate. So that's pretty good. That's pretty fucking good. Yeah. Part of my French, but wow, that's, that's really, really good. <laughs> so I don't track because I'm yeah, I don't track. <laughs> yeah. I'd rather just have my days and my sad days. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, I mean like betting is for the vast majority of people like betting is, is this, um, like another way, an extension of the game itself, right. Just another like piece of enjoyment. So it's not like, not like majority of the people that are betting are doing so and tracking it. Um, I just thought I should track it for, for see how I'm doing this year with the two betting pieces I have on OWS, but, uh, like a betting track like roto tracker they have for dfs they need to yeah. create something like that that would be really useful i think there's something out there i forget where i saw it though i don't use it i use just a, an excel that i'm i'm pretty familiar and, and know my way around excel so i just use that 
Yeah. I don't like anyway. that work. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. To the show it had. Yeah, man. I always so go you... first. You should go first this week. Oh, snap. Wow. So actually, what I missed in the macro kind of overview of, of the betting environment this week is we also have like these three games, four games, five games, six games. Holy shit. Like more than half of the, the games that are being played this week are these massive spread games. We have the Panthers 10 point dogs at Arizona. We have Tampa Bay nine and a half point favorites on the road at Washington. We have the Lions eight and a half point favorites on the road in Pittsburgh. We have the Bills 13 point favorites <laughs> visiting the Jets. We have the Jaguars 10 and a half point dogs against the Colts. We have the Falcons eight and a half point dogs against the Cowboys. And then Thursday night football even is a seven and a half point spread. So it's like, there's a lot of these, these games. We don't have a ton of extremes with respect to game totals. We have all these extremes um, with respect to the spread. So it's kind of an interesting week for betting lines straight up, um, which is uh, interesting. Before I give my pick, I do want to highlight something that I covered in the early line inefficiencies piece just because I think this is so important and it's something I've talked about um, in that piece over the last two weeks and that's hunting for your lines. And in order to do so, you need to have, you know, accounts at multiple books to highlight what I meant by that. I went through an exercise in the early line inefficiencies and I looked at just three large favorites, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers money line, on DraftKings, it's minus 435. On BetMGM, it's minus 450. The Baltimore Ravens money line, DraftKings, it's minus 335. And on BetMGM, it's minus 350. And then the Arizona Cardinals, which was this the biggest delta in the money line juice. On DraftKings, it's minus 425. On BetMGM, it was minus 550. So looking at like a three, a three team parlay, um, of just these three money line, heavy favorite games, you get a three team parlay at minus one Oh three on DraftKings. That means you wager $103 to win a hundred and on bet MGM, you get it at minus one seventeen. So you're looking at like a 12%, um, net EV by just making a, three-team parlay on DraftKings as opposed to BetMGM with those three in particular. So that's something that is highly important and that I wanted to cover in this space too for the listeners is hunting for those lines, making sure you're not basically trying to beat the casino and then also trying to beat minus EV play. So we want to try and do everything we can to turn the EV in our favor. All right. No, that's a really, really, really strong point and really important because you don't want to leave money on the table. So yeah, you just like, I mean, just think of it as just anything regular in life. If you're going to buy a new TV, you're not going to walk in and buy the first TV you see, right? You're going to find the TV you like, you're going to shop around and find the best deal. So literally the same thing you could do in fantasy. And I mean, 12% is extra juice. And in the long run, that 12% will keep adding up if you're taking advantage. That's the point. So when we're betting, we also want to kind of think of it as um, compounding interest, basically. So you want 
the money that you win to be working for you in the future. And the way to do that is obviously to wait or continue upping your wager as your bankroll grows. Um, but the other side of that is not seeding these plus EV avenues, um, just like we talked about. All right, man. The first game I want to cover is actually a the one low game total game on the week. Um, we have a lot sitting in the 45 to 49 and a half range. Um, and then a few that are over 50, but this is the lowest one on the week. And that's the lions at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I wrote this game up early in the week. Um, and this is one of those weird games where it is a low game total. So the game total is 42 and a half and it's a high spread. And what do we historically see when we have a spread over seven and a half points and a low game total, I call low, like 43 points and under, uh, we typically see the underdog cover and that's just based off historical trends and betting trends. So I wrote up the Detroit lions. They were at plus nine and a half earlier in the week when I wrote it up on Monday and now it's been bet down to eight and a half. So we see the line already moving in favor of that early week plus EV side, but I still like the Lions at plus eight and a half to cover. And I like this game as one of a, you know, a one of those letdown scenarios for the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're coming off of a win, but a game where they pretty much let their opponent claw back into the game. Uh, we saw a late um, fumbled punt that was returned for a touchdown in that game and the Steelers are this team that also is dealing with some injuries they have some injuries along uh they picked up some injuries along the offensive line in their last game Juju Smith-Schuster was forced not Juju sorry Juju is out uh Chase Claypool picked up um a groin and head injury in that last game so he is questionable heading into the weekend so there's a lot of these scenarios that are kind of working against the Steelers here. And I, I just like the lions to continue their aggressive nature, um, and keep fighting for W's as the season progresses your thoughts. I'm pretty much with you. Actually. I really like this for DFS this week too. I've already been looking at this game. I just picked up some Khalif Raymond's on my uh, fantasy teams as well for this week. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with you too on this. I mean, Big Ben, this guy is so bad. It makes me sad to watch him be so bad. But Claypool being, if Claypool's out, that would be huge too. Um, yeah. And like, where does where do the Lions struggle? They struggle against the run, which we know that the Steelers are likely going to attack this game on the ground. But they also struggle with the deep ball, and that's the primary like um, knock on this defense is they're allowing all this deep passing. Well, now you have. Ben Roethlisberger coming um, as your opponent and who can't throw deep. Like he attempted one deep pass uh, greater than 20 yards last game. And it was like a wobbly duck that um, James Washington, I think uh, adjusted to and came back to the ball and it was over the yeah. field. It was like super pick worthy and it was somehow a completion. It was I don't know, it's, like I said, it makes me really sad to see what's happened to Ben. He I thought he was going to be good this year, but clearly not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. I, I really like this one. I'm with you. I, I hate Jared Goff, but I, I see it because 
they're terrible. The Lions and the Lions are like the thing is the Lions are an 0-8-8 team, but they they've played better than they, their record suggests too. They have had games where they've been in it too, like that Lions game, the the Ravens game. They lost on a game winning field goal. They can they've played up to their competition, so I can definitely see this being a closer game. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, man, hit me with yours. I am going to go with Arizona minus a, ten and a half. So. Panthers. Down to 10 at Bet MGM too. Oh, perfect. So let's go with Arizona minus 10. I think Kyler is going to play this week. It seemed like he was close to playing last week. He's will be the quarterback for the Panthers. Kind of Our, finally though, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's been a long time coming and not to say PJ Walker is terrible because he's not terrible at all. I mean, for a backup quarterback, you know, he made it from the XFL pretty decent guy can run pretty well, but this Cardinals defense is really good. They're aggressive. I can just, and the Cardinals, they play the run it up to score football, right? They don't just play to just milk the clock and stuff. So uh, based on the style of play they have and the Panthers are just going to be, I feel like they're, they're just going into the dumpster. Now I, I have a gut feeling on this Arizona minus 10. Okay. From a like thinking through how this game is likeliest to play out, um, it's kind of interesting because we have Chase Edmonds, obviously, who's going to miss this game. We have Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, who are hopefully, likely, I would say, closer to coming back than they are to miss. Um, but we have a a Panthers team who is pretty much a run funnel team, right? Well, how, when we think about like how the Cardinals are likeliest to attack here, they're likeliest to attack on the ground through James Conner and Eno Benjamin. So um, I like the Cardinals to obviously control this game. Um, and it's really on both sides of the ball. So when that is the case, when it's like a team so clearly has the advantage on both sides of the ball, I'm much more likely to be comfortable with a large spread like this, particularly now that the hook has been removed because um, around the industry, the line is still 10 and a half for the Cardinals, but on bet MGM, we're getting um, 10 straight. So minus the hook. And that is a situation where I'm a little bit more comfortable. This is also another game where it's got a moderate game total. So it's 44 and a half with a large spread. So we know I just talked about historical numbers um, with that being the case. Uh, but I feel a little more comfortable on the Cardinals here as I, you know, compared to the Steelers and the Lions game. So I think this is one of those ones where um, it's probably set correctly, the line that is. Um, so it, it, it's like a it could go either way for me, but I lean Cardinals to cover. Yeah, I, uh, I want Kyler to get back onto that MVP trail too, because he has he'd been really good. And then that injury just kind of slowed him down. Cause I think he got hurt a couple of weeks ago. Even. Yeah. It's kind of the same thing that happened last year, right? Mm-hmm. He, he came out over the first six or seven games and was running the football. He was tacking deep and then he picked up that, um, that injury and he stopped running and basically his MVP race odds fell off the map after that. Yep. All right. Who you got next? 
Well, cool, man. I'm going to go turn my attention to one of these high game total games. The the three that we have are the Falcons and Cowboys, the um, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team, and then the Minnesota Vikings and the Chargers. Uh, we also actually, sorry, we also have the Chiefs that are uh, Chiefs at Raiders that is at 52 and a half. But the one that sticks out amongst these four the most to me is actually the lowest game total of the four, and that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Washington football team. Um, I like the over of the, of like I said, of the four that are these high game total games. I like this one with a best chance to hit the over, and the over is the lowest of the four at 51 and a half. So we know the Buccaneers are going to be passing. We know that the Washington football team are an extreme pass funnel defense. So we also know that the Buccaneers are likely to control this game and force Washington into increased aerial aggression. So that is kind of the the ideal setup when we get a, a team that is expected to control the game flow and the game environment, who we know is extremely pass heavy because we can expect the underdog to increase their pass rates uh, as they, you know, try and pass their way back into the game. But with this game, we can also expect the Buccaneers to remain aggressive through the air. So um, obviously we have the injury unknowns with Tampa Bay. Um, Gronk played like five snaps uh, before exiting their last game. Then they went onto their bye. So he was spotted, I think, at practice on Tuesday because the Bucks had practice coming off of their bye on Tuesday. Um, but he did not participate, but he was dressed and on the field. Um, the other injury is Antonio Brown. Obviously, he is their primary deep threat. We have Mike Evans with a pretty intermediate role, Chris Godwin with a pretty intermediate role. Um, so obviously, the Bucks um, chances for those splash plays increases with Antonio Brown back, but either way, if even if both of those guys miss Gronk and AB, I like the Buccaneers to control the game environment and push this game to the over. I uh, don't think Gronk nor AB will play. I think AB was still in the boot, and Gronk is still. I think I saw something today that he's still feeling uh, something. I. I I think it's like he's still feeling lingering effects or something to that effect. Mm -hmm. So basically I don't see that I'm playing, but I'm with, I feel like every week I'm with you that bucks are just going to run up the score as much as they can. Washington's defense is like my biggest disappointment of the year. I on RTS sports. I was all in on the Washington defense and they just disappointed me. That's just devastating. There's so much talent. Uh, By the way, fun fact too, uh, Fitzpatrick should be getting an MRI this week. So we might be getting some Fitz magic time. Oh yeah, dude. So if that actually could make a difference for this too, because if we got Fitz magic back, then we can get some folks. Yeah, that, that, uh, what does that do? It basically raises the expected range of outcomes for Terry McLaurin, for JD McKissick. We know that, um, we know that Fitz can also check down to, uh, his running back. Um, and we also have Diami Brown, um, that could make his return and he's been operating primarily as, you know, an intermediate to deep threat as well. So, you yeah. Well, cool, man. What is your second pick? So my next pick is going to be a big barn burner, but it's going to be the Eagles and the Broncos. I'm going to go the over on this one, actually. So 
Eagles, how do you best beat them? Pretty much anyway. <laughs> you can run against them, you can throw. I feel like the Broncos are going to have a better week this week. Teddy has been pretty decent this year. So I think Noah Fant will be back this week. I think that's what I read. Yeah, he should be. He's looking um, to clear COVID, I think, on Wednesday. Yeah, so, yeah, I think it's today. Yeah, so they'll have all their weapons back. I mean, the running games look not bad, right? Melvin Gordon was supposed to be terrible, right? And he's actually been pretty decent. Javante's starting to play much better. Um, you know, this offense is not that bad. And then you have the Eagles. Jalen Hurts is – he's even looking pretty good. They're losing games – but close games. Did you see that touchdown pass he threw to Devontae last week? Yeah. It was a beauty. Um, they traded Von Miller, so there will be a little less pressure coming towards him. So I think – I really think the 44 is way too low for this game. Obviously, both teams will try to run the ball and run some clock, but I can see the some big plays being able to happen in this game. Yeah. Are you seeing the uh, 44 anywhere? Because on BetMGM, it's up to 45. I got it at 44 on Did yesterday. You? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's I on like Florida's only sports book, Seminole Hard Rock Casino. Mm-hmm. Nice. I can't shop around. Yeah. But yeah. Sorry. No. Yeah. I, uh, I was just trying to, I like it at 44, 45 is, I still like the over, um, but it's obviously less um, certain for me, but uh, yeah, I mean, basically what you're looking at is six total touchdowns, right? Um, I think that is highly possible um, with these two teams. So I like that call as well in the over. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I'm going to leave this game alone. Either you're going to, I think you're going to cover it, but if you don't, I think it's almost better left alone. That's the chiefs and the Raiders. Um, (laughs) I've, we've we missed on that one enough this year and uh yeah, yeah. let's give some fresh content here but let's say <laughs> but let us say obj signs with the chiefs i will go over oh man that would be interesting we're still the last report i saw was that he's taking his time and surveying his options right i saw just saints chiefs hackers patriots those yeah. are the four. Yep. So hopefully we get an answer soon because I would love uh, Odell save my best ball teams that I have on. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was, uh, I, I mostly avoided OBJ just because I liked the upside of other guys in that range for best ball. But um, I pretty much avoided all Cleveland pass catchers, actually. Anyway. I digress. My best ball teams, actually, now we're talking about that, have, uh, I started off with like a 34, 36%, something like that advance rate through like four weeks. And that's basically been cut in half uh, over the subsequent four to five weeks. So not cool, man. I have zero idea how I'm doing so well right now. I have about, on DK, I'm smashing on underdog about 33%, something like that. But all have, my teams are, dead and then on drafters i have a team in fifth and sixth place in the tournament one team had tom brady and kyler no quarterback uh, this week and i'm still in sixth place so this this season makes no sense 
It, there's a lot of injuries, dude. There's a lot of COVID bullshit. There's a lot of off the field issues. It's yeah, it's definitely an interesting season. That's for sure. All right. We digress a bit. The last game that I will cover is the highest game total on the week. That is the uh, early Sunday game, the Atlanta Falcons visiting the Dallas Cowboys. This one comes with a large game total and a large spread of eight and a half. Historically, what do we see when that is the case? Typically, these games play to the over. I think the number is 55.2%, something like that, where these game totals over 50 and spreads over seven and a half hit the over. Um, So that is EV that I will just bank on with these two teams. We look at the Falcons um, because the over likely depends on how successful the Falcons are going to be on putting points up. And Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson match up well with where the areas in the field where Dallas struggles to defend. So I like them to see success here, which should drive this game over. I think that's perfect. (laughs) Enough said. Beautiful. I couldn't, I could not even add anything to that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That one is, it's kind of short and simple, but sometimes simple is the best answer. So. Uh, yeah, I got nothing else to add there. Hit me with your final one. So, I mean, that Chiefs game should go over, right? I'm just going <laughs> to say yes. that. I'm, just, I'm not going to make that one of mine, but I, that should go over. I mean, the Raiders, they throw the deep ball really well. They got Deshaun Jackson this week, so potentially. Um, so, it's tough to pick, but... I kind of like the under on the Browns Patriots. Okay. 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 Especially if Nick Chubb doesn't play. Yeah. The, the, uh, the Browns have some issues this week with COVID. Um, Yeah. They don't have Felton. Demetrius Felton and Nick Chubb, uh, on the COVID list. There was a third running back too, that was put on the COVID list. And obviously, um, cream hunt is still on the IR. So they're down to basically two healthy bodies at running back. And then the Patriots on the other side of this game, um, two of their running backs in uh, Damian Harris and Ramondre Stevenson um, both left last week's game with a concussion. So kind of interesting where you get two teams that prefer to run the football that are extremely shorthanded. Uh, you know, Patriots are down to Brandon Bolden and JJ Taylor at running back and the Browns. We just talked about their running back depth issues. So, um, yeah, this is interesting. I like the undercall, particularly with the, you know, the knowledge of the fact that we expect both of these teams to tilt towards the ground and both of them are experiencing some pretty significant injuries and COVID issues in the backfield. Um, Ramondre is officially out or is he still questionable? The last thing I saw was last night and um, I didn't see that there had been any indication either way, but I'm going to check. Yeah, the the last thing came from the running backs coach, Ivan Fears, and he just said it's a wait-and-see 
program for both Stevenson and Damien Harris. Okay. And they're both in the concussion protocol. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. So yeah, I definitely really like the under on the 80, 40, what was it? 44 and a half or 45. Let me back, go back, go back 45 and a half. Um, especially too, like Baker's hurt, right? He really can't throw the ball. Well, I, it's, I think he has a torn labrum. I think it was, I'd have to go back and check, but he's not playing, you know, with the greatest, you know, uh, arm right now. And then his uh, weapons aren't too great, especially Odell has been washed or he's been sabotaging, whatever you want to say, but Landry hasn't been as effective since coming back from injury. Um, the tight end trio has been, you know, largely unspectacular. Um, and then on the Patriots side, Mac Jones is, Remember, he's a, he's been pretty decent, right? He's doing well in this dink and dunk, but he's facing the Browns defense this week, and Browns defense is no joke. Miles Garrett is going to get pressure. Um, so I, I really think this is just going to be one of those slow run ball, a lot of punts in this game. I, I, I honestly wouldn't be shocked if we saw an old school 90s, you know, 17 to 7 game. You mean a, uh, a week uh, 9 2021? Um, Buffalo Bills, Jacksonville Jaguars matchup. Oh man, that was <laughs> what the hell? That was, was that? so retro. I was, <laughs> I was telling Nine my wife, three? I'm watching this. I'm Nine like, this is six? what football was like when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my god, I just pictured you know growing up watching games, um, home games late in the season for the Packers. You know, growing up as a Packers fan, just running like, mod green down <laughs> the throat. Yeah, yeah, dude. It's a it's a, it was a frozen tundra type feel. Uh, I was like, is was... that Maurice Jones Drew and Fred Jackson, CJ Spiller out there? Yeah, dude. You couldn't even blame it on the weather because it was played in Jacksonville. Exactly. And I was even telling the wife, I'm like, we're going for this game. Thank God we didn't go. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of the feel we get with this Browns and uh, Patriots game. You know, we have two defenses that are, um, you know, the Browns are pretty solid on all levels but the patriots tilt uh run funnel they are sixth in dvoa against the pass 11th in yards allowed per pass attempt the browns 19th in dvoa against the pass but they are all the way up at ninth in yards allowed per pass attempt so these are two basically prevent defenses we know um how the patriots are you know have for the past 10 15 years have been this defense who is a prevent defense bend but don't break buckle down in the red zone type uh, defense. So yeah, I like the, uh, I like the call on the under here as well. Sweet. Well, that'll do it for week 10 week 10, dude. That is insane. We're already at week 10. Any I update cannot on... believe it. <laughs> yeah, dude. Any update on your car? I probably won't get it until Thanksgiving, to be honest with you. That's oh, what they were dude. saying. Yeah. The thing got smashed. I'll pop in the discord sometime and I'll share a photo. It is. Yeah. Pretty. It's pretty. <laughs> I'm right, driving man. a Kia and I step on the prissy paddle and it doesn't go anywhere. <laughs> yeah, that'll happen. That'll happen. What <laughs> what's your primary vehicle? What's the uh, Alexis IS350. So a little a six cylinder, you know, little car it gives you a little little bit of bump when you drive. Yeah. But that's a that's a bigger six cylinder, right? It's like mm-hmm. a 3.5 liter. Yeah. Something All like wheel drive too. Yeah. I love that thing and DraftKings helped pay for it. And now it's not with me. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. Yeah. 
All right, brother. Well, it was a pleasure as always. Um, I am going to run and get this out to the fam because we were recording this on Wednesday morning. Um, but yeah, dude, pleasure as always. And we will see you guys next week for week 11. I can't believe we're almost done. Talk soon, everyone. Soup. Bye.